The first time I went to the John Brown historic site outside Lake Placid, you should definitely plan a trip, by the way, if you've never been there. I learned about the black settlers who bought land from a guy named Garrett Smith to be able to vote because of a racist state law. It's a complicated, fascinating story that we're going to hear about later. But the point is, I didn't know this history, even though I was born and grew up in New York State, didn't learn it in school. A new book has gathered this and many more histories of black settlers in the Adirondacks. We talk with the author on today's Story of the Day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Pearsall Wealth Management at UBS Wealth Management USA, subsidiary UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC, 1 Broad Street, Glens Falls. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Monday, November 6th. First up, tomorrow is election day, so get out and vote. Polls are open from 6 in the morning to 9 at night. Let's look at some of the key races in the region. We reported last week on the mayor's race in Watertown. You can find that reporting at ncpr.org. Catherine Wheeler did that story, and now she takes a look at the mayor's race in Potsdam. Alexandra Jacobs-Wilkie is the Democrat running for Potsdam Village Mayor. She's been on the Village Board for about four years. Jacobs-Wilkie says Potsdam is facing issues ranging from economic challenges to climate change. We need to really come together and take a look and think about how we dedicate our resources to ensure that we remain vibrant as a community. Jacobs-Wilkie says she's thinking about Potsdam's future. That means fixing aging infrastructure and improving affordable and quality housing so the village can attract more people. We really need to see that bigger picture. And from my standpoint, it's about getting things done. It's about transparency in local government, getting people involved in new ways, helping them understand the services that we provide. Joseph Bowen is running as a writing candidate for Potsdam Village Mayor. He's lived throughout the North Country in Messina and Malone and moved to Potsdam about nine months ago. I was speaking to community members and they felt that the village of Potsdam has such a negative cloud that they're hoping for some light. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can make a positive change to the village and implement new ideas, new strategies and new plans. Bowen says he's also concerned about the village's economic future. He says he wants to work on building up opportunities for the local workforce. We actually employ our local people instead of sending, you know, getting people from New York City or getting people from Rochester to run our hospitals and let's keep the money local. And I think by doing that, we're going to see a growth in our economic welfare dramatically. Potsdam Town residents will also elect a new town supervisor. Democrat Marty Miller is running against two write-in candidates, Larissa Faulkner and Margaret Peggy Brusso. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio. Also on the ballot tomorrow, some longtime leaders in the Adirondacks are retiring, and one town is divided over a key housing issue. Our Adirondack reporter Emily Russell has those details. The town of Wilmington in the Adirondacks is divided over one of the most contentious topics in recent years, short-term rentals. According to the Adirondack Daily Enterprise, about a quarter of all homes in Wilmington are short-term rentals. The races for town supervisor and two seats on the town council have centered around what to do about that part of the housing market. One supervisor candidate is proposing stricter regulations and a cap on short-term rentals. The other says they need to get more public input before enacting any restrictions. There are four people in Wilmington running for two open spots on the town council. Keene also has two open spots on its town council with four candidates running, as does Lake George. 
Meanwhile, two longtime leaders won't be on the ballot next Tuesday. Tupper Lake Mayor Paul Maroon and Mariah Town Supervisor Tom Skazafava are not running for re-election. Maroon was defeated in the GOP caucus. Skazafava is retiring after leading Mariah for three decades. Both races only have one Republican candidate running for those positions. Election Day is this coming Tuesday, or you can vote early until this Sunday, November 5th. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio. A longtime reporter in the Tri-Lakes is the new editor and publisher of the Adirondack Daily Enterprise. Andy Flynn grew up in Tupper Lake and started his journalism career here at North Country Public Radio. He spent the last decade as an editor of the Lake Placid News. He'll oversee both that paper and the Adirondack Daily Enterprise in his new leadership role. Flynn said his goal is to keep the Tri-Lakes communities informed, inspired, and engaged with the news. The history of Black settlers in the Adirondacks has been sorely undertold. Author Amy Godin has spent years studying that history. And when she started curating an exhibit for John Brown Lives, an Adirondack-based social justice group, she thought her research would maybe result in a short pamphlet. Instead, it became a 500-page tome called The Black Woods. She joined Mitch Tyke on NCPR's North Words podcast, which you can and should subscribe to, by the way. Just go to ncpr.org slash podcast. They talked about the book, which explores the history of black pioneers who came to the Adirondacks to forge a future for their families. I think if you asked most people if they knew anything about black pioneers in this region, they might know something about John Brown and his role in advancing black opportunity. But the the name they'd know less about is a guy that's really kind of at the center of your book or near the center of your book. Um, What should people know about Garrett Smith? Oh, he was a remarkable guy. And he's the reason that um, John Brown came here. He is the one who developed a plan to settle 3,000 Black New Yorkers in the Adirondacks. It was that plan and the promise of helping out the settlers on their land that John Brown came to the Adirondacks in the first place. Smith was a radical abolitionist of enormous land wealth who lived in Peterborough, New York. And he um, met John Brown, who came to him and said, I want to help. Smith launches um, Brown, and Brown is enticed by the presence of the settlers who are here. Brown comes here because they're here. He doesn't lead the settlement, as so many historians have suggested. He comes in response to a, a small settlement that's already in place. You know, one of the one of the keys to to having land at the time was a requirement that that people had to own land valued at at least two hundred fifty dollars to be able to vote in the state of New York. That's right. That's right. Black people um, were subjected to that racialized voting requirement in eighteen twenty one, and this effectively disenfranchises an entire black. Um, electorate that some people, especially in the city, were worried would damage um, pro-slavery business interests in the city. Uh, That's one reason why the opposition to it was so fervently um, pursued by urban New Yorkers. And it isn't reversed or lifted, rather, until 1870 when the feds insist on absolute equality before the law for black voters. That's the first time It takes that long. So it's in play a long time in New York State. Um, And New York State does not willingly 
go for this. It's really imposed on the New York Assembly by the feds, and then later New York embraces it. This would be surprising to a lot of people who think of of you know everything north of the Mason-Dixon line as being pretty egalitarian towards former slaves and and free blacks. I think you're right. I think that's one of the revelations of the story that this was really a story. I won't say it wasn't about slavery because the links between the beneficiaries who were free black New Yorkers when they got their land and slavery, which was in their own past experience. Many of them were born slaves. Many of them were self-emancipated people. Many of them were parented by free slaves. It was so tight. It's, it's virtually porous. And so historians who have claimed as some have, this was strictly for free black New Yorkers. Slavery had nothing to do with it. Miss the boat in this respect. And those who have insisted and Many have. This was just for runaways. This was for fugitives also missed the boat. Uh, There was intercourse between those two worlds, and it was evident in every family I looked at. Amy Godin is the author of The Black Woods, Pursuing Racial Justice on the Adirondack Frontier. She spoke with Mitch Tyke on the North Words podcast. You can find the full conversation at ncpr.org slash northwords. Godin will join Mitch for another conversation tonight at the ADKX in Blue Mountain Lake tonight at 7 o'clock. We have more news all the time on our website, ncpr.org. Music today by Eddie Lawrence of Moira and David Archibald of Kingston, Ontario. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.